0: And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with a haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. I love this story. Even just reading it takes me back to all of those little Christmas plays that I was in as a little child in church, hearing this read so many times throughout my life. I I love that story, and I love the fact that that story has never changed. We can't say that about our world, can we? Our world certainly changes, and it has certainly changed in the year 2020. Christmas is different this year. It seems that everything is different about this year. We've often joked, you know, here and privately about how uh, the Hallmark Christmas movies are, are so cheesy, how they're so unrealistic. And probably that's never been more true than it is this Christmas. This Christmas, we find ourselves in the midst of a pandemic, a pandemic that's said to have taken the lives of over one and a half million people throughout the world, over 300,000 people in just the United States. And along with that tragedy are the tragedies that have come from it and perhaps by the ways that we've dealt with it. In America this year, 97,000 businesses don't exist this Christmas that existed last Christmas. And it's estimated that as many as 60% of those will never come back. Food banks are running low, and depression and anxiety are running high this Christmas. Suicide rates have jumped to unprecedented levels around the world since last Christmas. Opioid deaths across our land are at an all-time high, each of those leaving pain and grief and heartache in its wake. Ireland reports that Their cases of sexual abuse among children has doubled, more than doubled, since last Christmas. Probably this Christmas, because of everything going on in our world, it's our children that are suffering the most. Thousands of them right here in Alabama are unaccounted for in school systems. Children are more afraid, anxious, bored, inactive, and isolated than they were last Christmas For some children, their health and development have even regressed since last Christmas. A study from the United Kingdom has found that there's been a 1,493% rise in the incidences of abusive head trauma among children since last Christmas. The numbers from the pandemic and its consequences aren't just numbers, these are real people, they're our friends. Family, loved ones, human beings with thoughts and feelings and dreams whose, whose lives have been destroyed by this plague of a pandemic and by panic and by questionable policies and policy makers. And, and while these statistics in developed nations like America and the UK and Ireland are horrifying, What we sometimes fail to realize is that those stories even pale in comparison to the suffering of untold millions in developing nations. Where people have been cast into starvation and poverty as a result of all that has transpired this year. In India, millions of stranded workers lost their livelihoods and they marched in destitution to far off villages. In South Africa, we're told that food lines stretched for miles and miles. Quarantined migrants in Saudi Arabia were simply left to die. An article that I read said, quote, The guards just throw the bodies out back as if they were trash. Another article I read quoted the United Nations as saying, quote, We're facing a famine of biblical proportions with 265 million people literally marching to the brink of starvation. The UN later estimated that the crisis had, quote, pushed an additional 150 million children into multidimensional poverty. Deprived of education, health, housing, nutrition, sanitation, or water. Our world is not the same this Christmas as it was last Christmas. Much has been lost. The world is far different. Than the last Christmas that we stood here. And the pain of loss has been felt deeply. In our Grace Life family this year also. Just this year 14 members of our church family. Went home to be with the Lord. Bertha Librand. Margot Grimes. James Siebert. Marilyn Montgomery. Bill Van, Teresa Doherty, Vicki Mullinax, David Hocutt, Lynn Bates, Ida Sellers, Joanna McCarver, Jim Horn, Suzanne Barnes, and Tommy Kuykendall. And just so there's no confusion, none of those members died with COVID or of COVID, nothing was related to COVID. But also on top of those 14 members, another 21 members in our church lost either a mother or a father or a son or a daughter. That translates into our church family that every 10 days, a church member went home to be with the Lord. Or the mother, father, son, daughter of a church member passed away. Listen, here's the truth of this Christmas. This is not... A Hallmark Christmas movie. Life is broken. Families are fractured. Dreams are faded. And we have come to understand that none of this can be fixed by Santa at the North Pole. This Christmas our world is a mess. And our hearts are heavy. Heavy hearts during the holidays though is nothing new. In fact, the famous carol, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, that that carol was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in 1863 in the middle of Civil War. And it tells us of the despair that was felt upon hearing the bells on Christmas Day in the middle of a Civil War. Listen to the lyrics of that carol. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play." And mild and sweet their songs repeat, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And the bells are ringing, like a choir they're singing. In my heart I hear them, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But the bells are ringing like a choir singing. Does anybody hear them? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. I love that line. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. Listen, this Christmas, when you feel that ache in your heart of all that is wrong this year at Christmas, remember that when Jesus entered into the womb of that young virgin girl named Mary, he was entering in to all that is wrong. He was entering into your pain, and your grief. Your sorrows. When Jesus took on flesh, he began fulfilling the words of Hebrews that say, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. He passed through the heavens into the womb of that girl named Mary. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest Who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. Yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Why? That we may receive mercy and help. To find grace. To find grace to help in time of need. Hey, that's what Christmas is about. Jesus has come. To our world. Emmanuel has come. God with us. He has come to sympathize with us. He steps into the dark nights of our souls. And he gives mercy and grace in our time of need. So listen, this Christmas there really is no reason to fake it. There really is no reason to slap on a happy emoji mask. And act like everything's okay when it's not. We don't have to pretend this Christmas that we're in some unrealistic Hallmark movie. No, our pain is real, your sorrow is real, and trials are hard to endure. God never once has promised us that life for a Christian, for anybody, will be easy, will be without trials. And there's no holiday on the calendar that can take away the sadness that we feel in our hearts at times. There's no magical season that can do that. But God himself has come. Emmanuel, God with us. He has entered in to the madness. He's entered in to the mess. He's entered in to the brokenness. He might not wave a magic wand and make all of our dreams come true. But I'm telling you today, he is with us to comfort us in our grief and to sustain us. In our sorrows. God will give us peace. In the midst of our pain. He will give us joy in the midst of our great sorrows. God so loved the world that he sent his own son. Into this world so that when we suffer. We don't suffer alone. We have a sympathetic high priest. He also suffered. He relates to. Our suffering. Jesus is aware today. He is acquainted with the grief and the sorrow of our world. He's acquainted with your grief and your sorrow. Even those of you that were at a funeral service just yesterday, Jesus is there. He's acquainted with our griefs and with our sorrows. Jesus, God in flesh, endured trials suffering even temptation but was without sin he faced agony to the point of death even death on the cross sweating great drops of blood in the garden in his final moments he cried out to his father my god my god why have you forsaken me but his pain and his suffering were not without a purpose he suffered the son of god suffered so that we could become the sons and the daughters of god in light of jesus entering into our world and bearing our griefs and our sorrows to make us sons and daughters of the most high god can i can i make a suggestion this christmas instead of faking it and acting like you are in some Hallmark movie when the reality is your heart is heavy and broken this year let's just be honest Be honest with yourself, embrace those moments of sorrow, embrace those moments of despair, embrace those moments when they come because it is then that you will discover that Jesus is already embracing you. Like many of you this Christmas I might be more aware of how desperately broken our world is than before. I know this. I know that my hope, that baby in the manger who left heaven to come to earth will soon again, not as a baby, but as King of kings and Lord of lords, will once again leave heaven to come to earth. And I will rise and I'll be with him forever. So in light of that day, I can rejoice in this day. I can rejoice in the middle of the Mess, the suffering, the sorrow, and the pain, and the grief. Because according to Romans chapter 5, we know that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put me to shame because God's love has been poured into my heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to me. Now, this Christmas we may not be able to rejoice and celebrate in the middle of a light snowfall on Christmas Eve, like a Hallmark movie, that kind of happiness. But we have something far better than that. We have the joy of heaven. Christ himself living and dwelling in our hearts. Because God is not dead. Nor does he sleep. All around the world, children are going to lay down Thursday night, Christmas Eve. And they're hardly going to be able to sleep as they think about the fact that somebody... Is coming soon. This Christmas at our house will mark 21 Christmases in a row that me and Shannon have had a child seven years old or younger. The magic of Christmas has been in our house for a long time, and that's a blessing. Thursday night, our seven-year-old little girl, Kalia, will be upstairs, jumping up and down on the inside as she tries to lay still in her bed. Because she will be confident that somebody is coming soon. And downstairs, I'll be in my bed. Also convinced that somebody's coming soon. No, when I get all snug in my bed Thursday night, Christmas Eve, I won't be having dreams of sugar plums dancing in my head. No, what's probably going to be dancing in my head are the memories of people that i love people that i miss but i just won't be thinking about me i'll likely be thinking about the many of you in our church family who will have your first christmas this year without your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad or your son or your daughter I'll be thinking like a lot of you about the people who not only lost loved ones this year. I'll be thinking about people who have lost their health. Or have lost their businesses. Or their income. Or maybe they lost their peace of mind. I'll be thinking about the people who have missed time with family this year. Time with friends. I'll be thinking of people who didn't get to enjoy milestone moments in their family this year when I lay down Christmas Eve just like every single one of you there's going to be this strange mixture in my heart and my mind of both joy and sorrow but I refuse and I hope you do too I refuse to let my sorrow out preach my joy by God's grace, may we take hold of our sorrow and may we make it preach to us of what we will soon gain. May we point our sorrow to a passage that became familiar to us this year, Revelation chapter 21, and may we say to our sorrow, sorrow, read this, grief, read this read this. Disease, read this. Despair, read this. Depression, read this. Death, read this. Devil, read this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And he, watch this, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death. Or sorrow, or crying, or pain. All these things are gone forever. The Carol writer got it right. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful that you sent Jesus into this world with all of its sin, with all of its brokenness, so that one day you would put it all back together again. And so this Christmas we are very aware that like every generation that has come before us, we stand in great need of you. Our world stands in great need of you. But like the people of God that have come before us, we are confident this Christmas that soon you will make all things new because you have loved us and you sent your only begotten Son into this world, born of a virgin, lived a sinless, perfect life, died an atoning death on the cross, that we might be saved. And we're grateful for all the many blessings, Lord, that you have provided. Even in the midst of the hardships of this year, you have been faithful. We would not have enough time today, this week, the rest of this year, or the years to come to thank you for the ways that you've been faithful this year. But, Lord, we long perhaps more than we ever have before, for you to send your Son once again into this world to make all things new. We know you will, and we're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.